Welcome home. Welcome back. I was going to start up this whole whatever this is again last week, but the universe and I had some unfinished business that, no joke, landed me in the ER at 3 in the morning with a damaged rotator cuff. So I still got to see IU beat Ohio State, though, so that was kind of fun. Um, the groundhog has decided to abandon us for all of our hope and let us freeze for another six weeks of winter. So um, we actually we just had a really good conversation about putting some respect on the groundhog's name, and he pulled this crap, and I was, it's done. More importantly than the groundhog, we are here to celebrate Black History Month. And to do that, we are kicking it off with another episode of Her Story. I am your host, Mary Jane, and this is the first episode of season four. For anyone who's been living under a rock, this series is dedicated to unearthing the stories of badass women of history, women who we either never learn about or only know their twisted legacies. So today, we are doing something that I've rarely touched on on this podcast. We are talking about science. Guys, don't get me wrong. I love science. I love I love it. I do. I just hate being tested on it in school, and the geology unit has scarred me with permanent damage that I am in therapy for. So it's just, I've, I've been doing a disservice, though. I'd be amiss for not talking about all the incredible contributions women have made in the scientific field. We have come a long way from ancient Greek physicians thinking that the uterus just kind of mamboed around a woman's body wreaking havoc. And... <laughs> I, just, I just made Andrew break, so this is going to be a good episode. I can feel it. Yeah, so that's why women kind of had to become doctors, if that was the whole, that was the framework we were working with. So thank God for female doctors, and that's what we're talking about today. If you were living in the ancient world, or really just like any time before the 21st century, you had more than just annoying men to deal with you were probably having at one point or another to face the idea of leprosy. Also called Hansen's disease, this contagious and highly stigmatized disease met its match in Alice Ball, the American chemist who developed the first successful treatment for leprosy and not only revolutionized medical care, but paved the way for women and African Americans in the scientific field. Alice Augusta Ball was born July 24, 1892 in Seattle, Washington. The daughter of Laura and James Ball, her mother was a photographer, and her dad was also a photographer, lawyer, and the editor of the Colored Citizen newspaper. Interestingly, though, Laura and James are listed as white on Alice's birth certificate, despite being heavily involved in the African-American community for literary groups and advocacy. So, this is kind of like a weird thing some of us might not know, but it's been suggested that this was an attempted example at passing to try to remove stigma for Alice throughout her life, by saying that she had white parents. As far as I know, Alice was not passing as white, and for anyone listening thinking, wow, MJ is really messing up her nouns and verbs again, passing is when a person is regarded as a member of a different identity group that's often different from their own. So passing can refer to your ethnic group, the color of your skin, even your sexuality. So lots of examples of it, and still prominent today, but very much so because we're looking at the Western world in the 19th and 20th century, which, not that great. Alice did, however, have two older brothers and one sister, and was also raised with her grandfather, who was a very prominent photographer. 
Alice's family was so good at photography that it suggested that her knowledge of chemicals and different treatments probably came from coming from a family where that was so widely talked about. Alice and her family briefly moved to Honolulu, Hawaii to see if warm weather would help with her grandfather's arthritis. But unfortunately, Alice's grandfather died not long after and the family returned to Seattle. Alice excelled in high school and graduated in 1910. And from there, she just absolutely blows my understanding of time, stress, and the periodic table out of the water. Alice earned a degree in pharmaceutical chemistry in 1912. That's two years after she graduated high school, ladies and gentlemen. Then a degree in pharmacy in 1914, both of them from the University of Washington. Alongside William Den, her pharmacy instructor, Alice got a 10-page research article published in the Journal of American Chemistry Society. Do I have to keep reiterating that this was insanely cool as a woman of color to have her work put in such a respected medical journal when so much of the country was being forcibly segregated in both education, social fields, any physical level you can imagine? It's just, it blows my mind. Alice is just so talented. I don't understand. I don't. And because, you know, why not? She starts to begin her master's. Keep in mind, this is 1914. She has two degrees, and she just graduated high school, like, four years ago. So, feeling good. And to begin her master's, Alice got offers from the University of California, Berkeley, and the University of Hawaii. And because two diplomas on the wall just aren't enough decoration, Alice transferred to the University of Hawaii, becoming the first African-American woman to graduate with a master's in chemistry in 1915. I know I keep pausing. I know I keep doing... Just, I, I need to be very clear. I need you to get this in your head. This is by the time she is 23 years old. 23 years old. Alice has attended two universities and earned two undergraduate and one master's degrees. I'm 21 and I can barely remember to tie my shoes in the morning. Oh, and because she's a literal genius, she gets offered a teaching position at the University of Hawaii as their first female chemistry instructor at 23 years old. The theme today for Alice kind of just is the grind don't stop. Because as soon as she graduates, she gets right into work. A doctor at Kalihi Hospital in Hawaii heard about her master's thesis about kava plants and reached out to her about needing a research assistant. Alice starts to research at the university for what we call Hansen's disease, a.k.a. leprosy. Leprosy is an infectious disease that has been around for thousands of years, damaging the skin and the nervous system. There was a lot of stigma around the disease. So today, if you have Hansen's disease, it's usually curable with treatment in about under a year. And this is what we owe to Alice. Alice found a way to use extract from the Chalmuroga tree, which is an Italian and Chinese traditional medicine. The Chalmorga tree was traditionally used as a salve for treating symptoms of leprosy, but Alice found out that putting it into an injectable solution would be much more effective and able to alleviate symptoms. Alice successfully separated the oil into a fatty acid, changing the molecular weight to make the solution into a watery injectable form. I probably just said all of that wrong because this brain functioning level is so far above me. And if you are a chemist, please know that I tried. Basically, she was awesome. And Alice's rigorous work led to what we now call the ball method. Her injection was able to alleviate symptoms of leprosy and was the highest form of treatment for the next 30 years 
until the sulfone drugs were introduced to treat Hansen's disease. But how successful was the ball method? Let's check in. Thanks to Alice's creation, patients around the world were able to be discharged from their hospitals. Most people with Hansen's disease were living in isolated communities in quarantine, unable to return to see their families and homes. Molokai, Hawaii's leprosy colony, was created by King Kamehameha V to isolate those afflicted with the disease. All in all, 8,500 people were exiled and then legally declared dead by the Hawaiian government to go to the colony, never to return. They basically died there. And in many communities around the world, conditions were very terrible. Disease was rampant on top of Hansen's disease. It was awful. The disease literally had no cure and thousands died of it each year. But the ball method actually allowed them to return home to their families and not be contagious. In 1920, the American Medical Journal reported 78 patients had been discharged from Kalihi Hospital thanks to Alice's work. And Alice is 23 years old when she develops this. Yeah, 23. Three degrees, research publications, saving hundreds, maybe thousands of lives, all in the span of a year, a couple years. And it's all because of her work developing the ball method. So this is all just pretty awesome, right? She's just a badass, science, incredible things. We're going to bask in that for like 10 more seconds. Remember how in this podcast I tell you sometimes these stories have like a depressing twist at the end? Mm, okay, here we go. Fair warning. Alice Ball died at age 24 on December 31st, 1916. And I know what you're thinking. How did this tank of a genius fall and whose ghost am I summoning with a Ouija board just to beat the shit out of it? Uh, we we kind of actually don't know-ish. It's all kind of, we're going to, let's unpack it. Her death certificate lists the cause of death as tuberculosis. But considering they're still kind of figuring out science at this point, we're all pretty sure it was not tuberculosis. Alice had actually been giving a demonstration on how to effectively use gas masks due to the onset of World War I. And during her research, a lab tech accident occurred and she inhaled chlorine gas. Like, that is lethal. Like, that... She should have been out right there, but because she's a badass, she returned to Seattle for treatment and, I believe, got to reunite with her family, got to start receiving treatment, but unfortunately, she did pass away. 24 years old. So, we're going to go back to pencil and paper really quickly because my computer was not working last night, so I'm just going to be, if you hear any flipping or scratching, that's just what that is. So one important aspect of this show is looking at the legacy of the women we talk about. Alice was able to save thousands of lives and revolutionize the medical field, allowing women and especially women of color to break barriers in higher education and in the scientific community. But we often encounter this problem, especially in this, even still today, about the Importance of credit. So when we're looking at legacy, credit is where the main battleground for remembering these women occurs. 
The president of the College of Hawaii, Arthur Dean, continued Alice's research after her death. King. Except he never gave her credit. He took the whole thing. And then you're like, Mary Jane, like maybe he just forgot to write her name down. No. No. He renamed it the Dean Method. What the hell, Dean? I just, it baffles me. It baffles me continuously. Folks, I don't, like, what do we do with this? Why, like, why? What was in his brain? I don't get it. But Andrew and I have talked about this, and there's something, the special breed of men we like to call the good ones. So, luckily, the doctor who first encouraged Alice to start research from Kalihi Hospital wrote and published an article in 1922, six years after her death, giving Alice the credit she deserves. King. But, unfortunately, Alice's name was mostly lost to history until historians at the University of Hawaii, including Catherine Takara and Stanley Yui, uncovered Alice's research in the archives, like deep in the archives of the school, and realized she was the one to manufacture the ball method. The school has now honored Alice with a plaque in 2000 under the only Chalmorga tree on campus, making sure to highlight her importance in the field and her legacy as the university's teacher and researcher. And since then, accolades have just been pouring in. She now has a park named after her in Seattle. A short film about her work premiered at the Pan-African Film Festival. And the University of Hawaii students are now challenging Arthur Dean's legacy because he sucks. Atlas Ball Day is celebrated every February 28th after Governor David Ige signed a proclamation honoring her throughout Hawaii. She now has a satellite named after her. An actual launched satellite in the good old sky. Like, Alice Ball is looking out for us, guys. She really is. And now her name is celebrated along the likes of Florence Nightingale and Marie Curie for incredible women who broke boundaries in science and the medical field. This was a hard episode to research. Number one, because unfortunately she did pass away so young that there's not a whole lot about her personal life we could have uncovered, and they're only 24 years. Man. But in those 24 years, she did more than maybe any of us could ever hope to accomplish. Her legacy lives on in the fact that this is a curable disease now, that there are women across the world who now don't have to struggle for positions like hers, and for the fact that her name survives today and it thrives in the memory of just how awesome women are. So I watched Black Panther, the second one, the other day, and um, I absolutely was sobbing, and they incorporated this Chadwick Boseman quote. He once said during a speech, to be young, gifted, in black, so I don't know if you can tell from the everything about me, but I'm I'm a twig bitch little white girl over here in the good old rural state of Indiana. But to know that people like Alice Ball were breaking bound barriers of higher education for me to even be here in a university now is incredible. And I hope wherever you are, 
whoever you are, I hope no matter what, she serves as an inspiration to you that no matter how much time you're given on this earth, no matter the barriers you face, you can change the world and the gifts and talents you have can be used for the greatest, greatest achievements. I usually don't get very heartfelt and sappy and all those things on this podcast. We're mostly here to talk about why we hate men and good things like that. But what can I say? I'm just happy to be back. I've not gotten a microphone in a silent room to listen to myself talk in a hot minute. And guys, let me tell you, it's heaven. So, assuming I don't have to, like, fist fight the devil in a parking lot or end up in the hospital again, I... Cannot wait to see you next week for another woman who made her story. Mm-hmm.